This is Chad Brashears, and you're listening to Never In My Wildest Dream podcast. This podcast is about creating a behind-the-scenes look with coaches, fans, and reporters from our point of view, sharing cool stories as only we've lived them. The goal is for you to learn something new to help your life and allow yourself to take a break from everyday chaos and let us give you a behind-the-scenes look into our world. Never In My Wildest Dreams podcast begins in... Three, two... Good morning, January the 11th, 2021, 11th day of 365, and week number two of 52 in 2021, kicking off Monday here, excited about today's show, looking forward to Marquise, want to go back over a little bit of the scores from yesterday's games, Tennessee does not rally back and win against the Ravens. That was a very good football game. Chicago and New Orleans was kind of a blowout, 21-9. And Cleveland goes into Pittsburgh, hangs 28 points in the first quarter, 35 in the first half, and 48 for the game while only giving up 37. A 17-year drought gone. Swagger back. All because... They felt as though the world was against them and that they had nothing to lose. It truly shows to the coaching staff, the players, all of those who are involved exactly how successful you can be when you buy in as one. I mean, Baker Mayfield's getting questions about individual stuff after the game, and the only thing he says is, can I get back to my teammates? He's carrying the game ball around because it's going in the trophy case back in Cleveland because it's their first win in 17 tries at Pittsburgh. But how about this? It's their first road playoff win since 1969. That in itself is just absolutely crazy. Tonight, the national championship, Alabama-Ohio State. Alabama is a huge favorite tonight, but I really would like to see Ohio State make it a competitive game. But then again, Ohio State also made it a really competitive game against Clemson when everybody else counted them out. So that's going to be an interesting one to follow the rest of today as we go on and off at different times. Alabama is giving up eight and a half on the line in Vegas. Jim Harbaugh signs an extension to stay at Michigan. Kind of a surprise there. I think they're just going to kind of hang on as long as they possibly can as him, the, him as the coach. But we'll see. If he doesn't beat Ohio State soon, I think the uh, the victors will be rolling him out the front door. With that to be said, I look forward to today's show. Marquise will be on here very shortly, and we will talk to you when he comes on. Never in my wildest dreams podcast begins in three, two, one. Welcome back to Never In My Wildest Dream podcast. Lucky to have Marcus McKinney with us on the phone right now. I uh, he's a he's a good friend of mine. We've known each other for the last four or five years. Gotten to uh, gotten to learn a little bit about how each other think and uh, what we're able to do. You know, Coach has been around a little bit as well. He was at Madai College. He uh, won the conference championship there as an assistant coach. Went to the NCAA tournament. He was able to take that job and get him up to uh, NYIT. And then he went to Adana Community College, and he just got hired for his first head coaching job at the collegiate level at the age of 38. 
He's at SUNY Ulster Community College, which is uh, which is in Stone Ridge, New York. Coach, how is uh, how is Stone Ridge? And thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me on the show. Um, Stone Ridge is great. You know, I enjoy being in the area, learning about about the community and the school, and um, you know, just fired up to to kind of get this program on the map and do some big things here at Ulster. So, with you being at um, at Stone Ridge. And you know, kind of getting in there. How long have you been in town? Uh, how how is SUNY Ulster? What what do you have to say about the school? I know you're kind of learning a little bit about it as you go along. How have they been in the past, and what are their goals for obviously the coming future once COVID gets itself out of the way and you guys can have a basketball season? Um, it's been great. You know, I, I got the job in October, and you know, everyone's very welcoming uh, to me, and and you know, my my AD Matt Brenny who hired me you know it's been fantastic you know really believed in my vision and my passion uh for coaching for basketball and molding young men um into being great and um you know it's like i said it's been great you know learning about the school just trying to you know really you know figure out things how to how to get this program on the map and um i i've said it before and i'll say it again i think ulcer can be a, a national power at the division two junior college level um, you know, there's great resources here. The facilities are fantastic, and there's no reason why SUNY Ulster can be can be great. So you guys are in which uh, region for JUCO? So we're in Region 15. Okay. And so who would be, as you talk about building your program to becoming, you know, a national power and all that stuff, there's always that one team that's in the region that you kind of got to, like, chisel through who do you have to get through or who would you have to start beating out in order to kind of own the region a little bit up there uh solomon community college um is one of the better division two jucos in the in the, in the country mm-hmm. um nothing but a lot of respect for them i played against them when i was at Dutchess community college um and they're they're a tough team they're they're a very good team um but there's no reason why we can't beat them there's no reason why you know we can't you know knock them off the block um, they've kind of owned the region for a long time now with them and Westchester Community College. And so we've got to find ways that we've got to recruit players that are wanting to be all in to try to knock them off the block and, and to kind of, you know, to take over the region and, and, um, and hopefully uh, win the region and um, make it to the national tournament. That's the goal. If I'm not mistaken, you said you went to Dutchess. Didn't you go to John Jay as well? Is that correct? I did. Yeah, John Jay High School, right? John Jay High School, yeah. That's what I thought. And then you graduated from what, Empire State, right, when you and I talked? Yep. Yep. SUNY Empire State College, yep. Got you. So, you know, I was in Juco Ball as well. We were Region 20. Um, I was at Hagerstown Community College. We we won three region championships in a row. We lost two um, district titles in order to go to Hutchinson. We were fortunate enough to win the uh, the last one in 2013. There for us to go, we beat ASA. But Monroe College, out of New Rochelle, was always like the dog that we had to get through to go to Hutchinson. But um, but in, in our region was like Allegheny Community College, which you know Steve Francis and Bob Kirk did an unbelievable job building a, a dynasty there. Are you guys going to play against Monroe Community College out of Rochester at all, or is that a little bit too far for you guys to travel? Um, you know, we're, we're open to it. You know, we're open to a good, to a very good schedule. You know, I'm one of those things, one of the things that I've, you know, learned in college coaches, you can't back down from anybody. You, you got to be open to play everybody and anybody anywhere. Um, you know, I'm going to build this team as well as my assistants to build this team to, to play against the best teams, you know, across the, the Division two landscape. 
and you know and beat those teams you know you can't have, you can't um have a lot of fear in playing anybody you got to be willing to step up and you know division two junior college ball is, is is very good you know sometimes you're playing against division one transfers you know division two transfers um and and, and it's, it's good so you got to recruit players that are not afraid to play a tough schedule and and you know and be challenged you know it's funny you say that because I'll, I'll make this statement, and I think you'll laugh when I say it. Junior college does not discriminate. Like it's if you're Division three, Division two, or Division one, it doesn't matter. It's not like at the NCAA level where you do have talent that is probably not as superior as you climb up the food chain. But at the mm-hmm. at the JUCO level, you could have a Division one stud on a D three team. Like none of that matters really. The only thing that matters is what you're able to financially give. You know, Division three, you give nothing. Um, division two, you're only paying books and, and classes. And then division one is, you know, living and food and all that good stuff. Just no different than, you know, the division one level. Um, you made a pretty good comment there. And I know you want to talk about recruiting and how you're looking to build your program. How do you decipher as you go out on the road and you start recruiting kids to find the guys that want to play anyone, anywhere at any time? Like, to me, they are the kids that are the hardest to find from a recruiting perspective because, to me, every kid says, I, I'll play anybody, but only the ones where, you know, real kahunis are the ones that want to go every day against those cats. Um, how do you decipher that? How do, what are you looking for when you recruit, and how are you, you explaining to your assistants, like, when you sit in a staff meeting building the perfect Ulster player, how are you going about that? I'd love to hear your philosophy on that. My, my biggest thing is, you know, looking for a player is I, I want to find somebody that is gritty, that is mentally, physically tough, um, that doesn't, you know, their body language doesn't get down when things are going wrong. Um, you know, somebody that's going to be all in. That's the kind of like the biggest thing. They got to be all in, um, you know, and they got to be all in to, to help this program, you know, become what it can be. And that's become a, you know, a champion in Region 15. Um, you know, when I tell my assistants, you know, I'm telling them, hey, look, you know, make sure his attitude is, is great on the bench. Make sure that academically he's, he's a very good fit because I'm very big on academics. Um, you know, and, and if you're not all in on your on your books and you don't want to be you know, successful academically, then you can't play here and you're not going to play. Um, you know, and then the second thing is, is he going to serve in the community? Is he going to, you know, you know, be able to give back? You know, when we had, we were able to go out to, you know, schools, obviously this is hopefully when COVID is over, we're able to go out to elementary schools and talk to little kids and give them advice and be around when we have clinics and things like that. You know, is he going to be that type of player that's going to be warm, welcoming into, into the community? And then also too, you know, as a player, you know, you know, you got to be able to, you know, prove yourself, you know, because you're in the junior college level and you have four-year schools watching you. They're watching your every move. And so if the second you start pouting or you start uh, disrespecting your teammates, you start disrespecting coaching staff, that's, that's when they're going to start walking away. And they're going to just be like, hey, I can't have him in my program. You know, um, that's not how we do things. My, my job as a coach is to build that player into what he can be and show him the ropes and my staff show him the ropes as well. And also their family, let their family know that when they come into Ulster, they're going to be a part of my family and they're going to be well taken care of. You know, you and I have talked a lot at different times with regards when you're on the road recruiting, I'm on the road recruiting. I know we met out in um, Arizona, if I'm not mistaken. Was it Arizona that we met or was it Houston? Uh, Arizona. Arizona, that's what I thought. 2017. Um, 
you know, we talk about a lot about the recruiting aspect of buying in. Um, when I met with you at that time, you were an assistant coach, and were you getting ready to take the job at Medea? Is that correct? At, um, actually, on a dog community college, but yes, I was getting ready to take that assistant job, yes. That's what I thought. Um, you know, you worked under Mike Blaine there, and Mike has done an unbelievable job. Um, at the all, all the teams that Mike has had, he does a great job. What did you learn from Mike about recruiting that you can take to SUNY Ulster that is going to benefit you? What like do you ever look back and say, man, you know, I, he does A, B, C, and D, and I'm going to do A, B, C, and D? Is there anything like that that you kind of? I'm going to use the word steal uh, because as coaches, we always are kind of stealing stuff from other people to make our programs better. What did you steal from Mike? Um, well, Mike is a great guy to work for, you know, when I was at the die and we, you know, when I, the the second I sat down with him, I could just tell how focused and intense he is as far as, you know, on the floor, off the floor, you know, you know, from the, you know, everything. And, you know, he really brings a lot of discipline, you know, and it's kind of like his way or no way. And, and that's the way I like, you know, that's, that's, that's what I really like working about and working with him, you know. You know, you got to be able to be prepared, you know, do scouts and things like that, understanding how to break down film. You know, he was great in that aspect. And so my job is, you know, as a head coach to break, you know, to, for my assistants is to teach them how to be a great assistant coach, how to break down film, how to prepare a scout, how to prepare our guys for a game. Um, and then also, too, in the operations part, because when you're, you know, at the junior college level, you know, you're doing um, – you know, you're trying to figure out ways to, you know, help your guys, you know, at that way, you know, for example, if you're on the road, you know, you know, where are we going to stay? Where are we going to eat? You know, that there's a lot of other things outside of being on the floor that you got to do as an assistant, you know, that ops guys are doing at the division one level. Right. You're doing it at the junior college level too. So, um, you know, but just the discipline that, you know, that I learned under him, he's very, you know, he's very disciplined man. Um, I enjoyed working for him at Madai. I mean, we, like I said, that run that we had, you know, making it to the NCAA tournament, losing to Susquehanna, um, the team that I think was ranked 16th in the nation, and we went in their gym, and it was raucous, and it was loud, um, and we, we hung with them. We hung with them, and, you know, fortunately, we came up short, but that that just showed, like, how gritty and tough our guys were, you know, as, as players and as a staff. We were just gritty and tough as well. You know, we just – we didn't back down from anybody – and that's what I want to instill into my program, instill into my players and my staff as well. Nice, nice. You, <clears throat> I think you said this is your six-year coaching, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you did two years at AAU. Who did you Who did you do AAU ball with? So I worked for uh, Halo Hoops um, AAU um, under Dave Davies. Um, he played at. He actually played at uh, Seattle University. Um, you know, back in the day, he was a very good guy, a great guy to work for, and. Um, you know, we had some pretty good AAU teams. Um, you know, we played across the state, North Carolina. We went down up to Virginia a little bit. So um, it was really good, you know, kind of really get my feet into coaching. Um, I thought AAU was kind of the perfect, you know, fit to start. And, and you know, it, it was great. I loved it. Now, do you par- have you partnered or when I say partnered, you connected really well with any AAU organizations up near where you're at now that you kind of have built into so you could, you know, possibly start funneling kids to Ulster? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you know, you gotta, you gotta have that connection with, uh, you know, all the AAU programs, the high school programs across the state. Um, obviously, when you're recruiting kids in state, you know, you're getting them. Um, they're, they're, they're getting a very, you know, good tuition. Obviously, being in state, so 
you know, the message has to be to those kids is, you know, why, why go somewhere, you know, out of the state and you may have to, you know, pay a little bit more where you're in state, you know, it's a little bit cheaper, you're close to home. And then you can kind of just focus on what you need to do and then let everything else take care of itself afterwards. And, um, that's gotta be the biggest message, you know, to a lot of, to, to kids is, you know, don't think you know, because, you know, you go out of state, you know, the, the grass is greener on the other side because sometimes it's not. And, you know, next thing you know, you know, you transfer out and now all of a sudden your clock starts. So, right. you know, you got to be very, you know, mindful and careful of where, where you're looking at and things like that. That's what you got to tell your, tell the guys all the time. But biggest thing is, like, like I said, just recruiting a lot of in-state, you know, kids, you know, it's a great state for, for talent in New York, um, across upstate, downstate, the city, Long Island, you know, it's a lot of talent everywhere. You, uh, you're what, two hours outside the city? Yeah, about two hours from New York City, about an hour fifteen minutes from uh, Albany. Got you. So when I uh, when I was at Hagerstown Community College, you know, we recruited my my was I was the main recruiter for us. So our main spots that I felt comfortable recruiting, not comfortable in any facet other than I knew the talent was there and I had relationships built was Washington D.C. and Baltimore. Went to New York a little bit, went down to Richmond a little bit, went to Philly a little bit, but. I really, my bread and butter was Washington, D.C. and Baltimore. And, you know, the conversations that I always had with the moms and the dads and the grandmas and everybody that I would go recruit when I'd sit in the living room was, listen, your son's going to be a statistic one way or another. And that's, and that's a true statement across the board anywhere. But what statistic do you want them to be? Do you want them to be one of the statistics that, you know, falls in the wrong stuff and does the wrong stuff in the city? Or do you want them to be in the statistical category that they have a college degree and that they're you know, going to be a great father and husband and, you know, business person somewhere or leader somewhere. So I always told them we're an hour and about 30 minutes outside of the city at Hagerstown Community College. Let them come out of here, get away from the riffraff for a little bit, and let's get us, let us coach them for two years and get them on to a, uh, another location that can get them the education that we're discussing. And it sounds like you're kind of in that same spot. You could get some cats out of the city, bring them out to the, uh, out in the country a little bit save them from the riffraff and the craziness of the city and you can get yourself set up and, and roll really nicely. Mm, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's the thing. That's what you want to do. Um, you know, because sometimes, you, you know, you know, being in the city and you know, I've been in New York city plenty of times and you have to, and, um, it's, it's crazy down there. It's a lot of, a lot of distractions, you know, a lot of things going on all at once, a lot of people in your ear, you know, it's good, you know, to get away and, you know, just be able to focus on, you know, your academics, just focus on basketball, focus on being a better man. Um, how can I, you know, you know, create my brand as far as a, as a basketball player and a student, you know, for four-year schools to look at. You know, that's what I want to do. And then, you know, like I said, just, you know, kind of mold them into being the best version of themselves and also maturing because sometimes when you're in high school or prep school, um, you know, you may not have the maturity to go to a four-year school yet. And mm-hmm. sometimes four-year schools are away from you. Um, and so it's good to come to a junior college and kind of mature and, 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 and mold yourself into being a better person. And then after two years now, you're, you're more marketable and, and four-year schools will look at you. And, and then um, and hopefully you'd be, a better, you'd be a great fit for their program. You know, it's funny you say that because when I was in the junior college world, we recruited a lot of kids that some of them needed junior college. But where I started getting really lucky or fortunate, I should say, was when I was recruiting kids that had Division One offers, that had 
full Division II offers, which when I say that, you know what that means. Like, they don't have a lot of full D2 offers at most schools. I mean, if you got a full D2, that's that's an impressive offer to have on the table. Um, mm-hmm. And then they have, you know, like I said, low to mid-major Division One offers, but they want to try to go higher. I would try to sell them on the fact that, look, come juke, and it will get you higher than that because now you're going to go play in front of the big boys and you're going to be around the right people that can get you to that, that highest level that you want to. And um, we played at Monroe one night up in New Rochelle, and Steve Lavin and I had that conversation. And that was it was pretty cool to talk to Steve about that because that was where um, that was where I was able to learn a little bit about that. And like um, I want to say his name was Matt Peters was up at uh, I think Matt was up there. He's down at UMBC now, and he was one mm-hmm. of those guys that. I could talk to, and he would, you know, tell us kind of like from a thought perspective how things how things seem at that level, and you could kind of sell it a little bit. Do you, are you going to try to go after some guys like that just to be, you know, smart with that regards? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you have to um, for that reason. Uh, you know, you gotta you gotta get kids the best. You know, as far as the best, you know, package and aid as possible, as much as, as possible. Yep. Um, you know, because you, you're trying to you're not trying to get them to spend a ton of money. Um, you know, to go to school, especially. You know, you want to try. That's why it's very important to get a lot of in-state kids. And then the out-of-state kids, you know, you gotta hope that you know they take a leap of faith and and want to come to you yeah. um and you got to sell the vision you got to sell the program so and sometimes you get a lot of out-of-state kids that want to get away um you know and get away and get out of state and then come to another state you know and that's a great thing you know but um you know obviously everything's got to work out you know from a financial standpoint well you're and i'm gonna i'm gonna go back real quick it was matt henry from saint peter's who i talked with i just want to make sure i clear that up on yeah. the air um when so here's how we did it at Shenandoah, or not Shenandoah, at HCC, and it wasn't illegal when we did it this way, but once they took X number of classes and lived in Washington County for so long, we were able to get them in-county um, residency. Are you going to be able to do something similar to that to get them even lower cost pricing, which will, in essence, help you from a financial aid perspective or a package perspective? Are you going to be able to get them that at Ulster as well? I hope so. Um, you know, obviously there's a lot of things that have to, you know, have to you know, obviously sit down with the right people and, and talk to about it. But that would, that would be awesome to, to do. Um, I think it helps everybody, you know, financially and it helps them. And then, you know, obviously, you, can, you know, you keep the, you know, the retention, you know, up here, you know, especially for, you know, for the two years. And so um, that would be something that would be great. I'm hoping that, you know, we can do something like that. Cool. Um, you know, you and I text a lot. We text back and forth random, like, you know, things that are popping up that are happening in sports, scores, all that kind of stuff. You hit me this morning with an interesting one from Bob Huggins, and it was a little clip of uh, one of his players transferring to Kentucky. I've been thinking about this all morning since you hit me with that. You know him and Calipari are like best friends? Yeah. They do like fish fries together, and they go do a vacation together. So I think when, from what Huggins was saying when I was watching that clip, it was more along the lines to me – that he's not pissed at Kentucky. No, I think he's more no. he's more angry at the handlers, at AAU guys, or you know people that are being now being influenced. And he even says it on that clip from a financial perspective, and that blows my mind. That you know he was blatantly open about that, and and I've been fortunate enough to meet Huggins and sit with Huggins, and it's one of those situations where. 
he doesn't really sugarcoat anything. And, no, he uh, doesn't. And he really could have sugarcoated this one or kind of steered clear of it, and he did, man. He went, like, head-on at this guy. So how do you feel about stuff like that? I mean, what, what do you think is the problem with college athletics when it gets to that type of stuff? You know, it, it's – when I see so many kids, you know, transfer and things like that, and you hear oh, this one's entering the portal, that one's entering the portal, and things like that, it, it's alarming um, because you didn't see this back in the day in college basketball. You didn't see a lot of kids transferring out like that. You know, guys would tough it out. You know, you know, so what? Your freshman year didn't go exactly as planned. Okay, work harder. You know, Michael Jordan's, you know, said it best, and you know. Um, in the documentary, you know, he could have, there's plenty of times I'm sure he could have left Chicago, but he didn't, you know, when times were tough, he talked it out. And, you know, I think college kids today need to understand and really need to go back into the history of, you know, old school college basketball, old school NBA, and guys never really left teams like that. You know, they talked it out, you know, got better, you know, and, and I think college kids today need to understand that. And so, um, you know, I, obviously, you know, with that situation with, you know, West Virginia, Kentucky, I mean, again, I think, you know, how I get said it best, I think handlers got in the way. I think, hey, you guys got in the way, you know, and, you know, and, and it's unfortunate that, you know, he obviously left during the season because uh, West Virginia is a very good team. I've watched them several times. You know, they're just a hard nose. They get after you defensively. Um, but again, I think he just, you know, it was one of those things he just saw, you know, a better situation at Kentucky and, um, you know, and like I said, he kind of left West Virginia kind of stranded and, but again, Huggins moves on, he'll find other guys and, and then make it work at West Virginia. Yeah. It's fun watching him coach. Um, <clears throat> I was fortunate enough when I, like I said, when I met with him, we were in, we were in Hutchinson watching game film, and Larry uh, Harrison was actually recruiting one of my big guys. So they were coming in not just to watch us play. They were watching a little bit of everybody because in Juke, you can get some of the guys that are really tough-nosed that fit his style and program. And he uh, he came in, and I was watching film in the um, lobby for, for our game. We were getting ready to play Lee College. And he kind of sat down and talked to me a little bit. The next morning, he sat down and ate breakfast with us and it was just interesting to get his point of view on a lot of stuff. And, you know, <clears throat> he did tell me, he's like, hey, man, you can get lost in this business if you don't do it the right way. So I just recommend you doing it the right way and always, you know, being upfront and forward with people because once you do that, it makes life a lot simpler. Um, so, Absolutely. you know, I know you've been fortunate enough to meet around a lot of guys like that. Who um, that you have not worked for, but per se in a working perspective on a continual basis, who have you kind of networked with? you know, gone under the wing of a little bit or lean on when you're trying to build stuff that you're doing? What coaches do you reach out to on a regular basis to help with some of that stuff? Um, well, Delmar Harris, who's uh, the head coach at the Collegiate School in Richmond, Virginia, is one of my best friends. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I lean on him a lot, you know, as far as from a coaching standpoint. Um, he's very well known. We're very well respected. You know Del. I mean, yep. he's, he's, he's a great guy. Yeah, he is. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I've been fortunate enough to meet a lot of great coaches. Coach Blaine, like I said, you know, has been one of those guys who I, I really, you know, will kind of use his, you know, his mannerisms as far as from a coaching standpoint to try to, to emulate into my what I'm doing. 
Um, but I've come across great guys. You're, yourself, you, you, you as well. You know, we talk. Like I said, we talk on you know daily basis, pretty much. And um, you know, been fortunate to meet guys at the Final Four, and um, you know, was able to get great advice from Consul Martin, head coach at Missouri. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and just you know, again, you know, when you, when you go to the Final Fours, and you know this, when we go to Final Fours. You know, there's so many coaches. You just want to absorb so much knowledge and information from some of these guys because they've been around. They've been around the college game, and you want to just, you know, try to use, you know, what they what they're doing at their programs. And and so, um, you know, you kind of want to take bits and pieces from everybody. And um, you know, it's, I've just been blessed, you know, to, to to be in this situation to to meet so many great people. And um, you know, just looking forward to just continuing doing that. Man, I hope this vaccine hits soon so we can get back to a Final Four because they're awesome. I mean, you know, they're a very good time, not just because you go out and, you know, it's like getting around the guys. You get to bounce off, bounce ideas off of one another. But I think the coolest part for me at the Final Four, when we go to the NABC convention, you get to listen to people talk at, like, the open forums and, you know, you get to get an idea of how Gonzaga runs this or how Kansas runs that. Now, I'm, I'm using teams that are kind of in the Final Four most of the times. I mean, I know when I was down in Houston, uh, Kansas was not in the Final Four, and Bill Self did a talk, and I thought that was pretty cool. Um, right. I'm just really hoping we're able to get back to the Final Four. Are you going if they have it this year and you're able to go to it? Um, you know, I'm, I'm still on the fence about it, you know, um, as far as, you know, obviously we got to wait and see how, you know, COVID plays out, but, you know, I've, you know, like you said, Final Fours are great, you know, and, you know, and I, I encourage a lot of young coaches, like I went to my final, first Final Four, I believe it was 2013, 2012, okay. um, and I just was like amazed about seeing all these college coaches all over the place and how everybody's networking with everybody. You see, you know, this meeting going on on this side, and you see another meeting going on on the other. Like it's just unbelievable. Um, you know, and I tell young coaches, you know, especially if they're just trying to get into this business, I encourage them to go to the Final Four because you just you network, you meet the right people, you hang around, you get yourself in a great circle of coaches that are going to help you um, and show you the ropes. And, you know, like I said, I've been fortunate to go to every Final Four, you know, since then. You know, obviously I would love to go to Indiana. I mean, that's just, you're fortunate really quickly. Um, but that's just one piece that I noticed when I was out there. You got some guys that are kind of like almost going around begging for jobs and kissing backside and doing all that kind of stuff compared to just getting to know these guys because they need to trust you for their positions. And that's the biggest piece is trust and how you, you work with them and, you know, your word and all that kind of stuff. So I've been fortunate enough to be around a lot of Division One guys just like you have. And, you know, I still reach out to them basis and you know after a tough loss I hit him up after a good win I hit him up and it's just nice to have that friendship and relationship built in yeah it's very important it's very important because you just never know because maybe you know that you know that one division one coach you met you know a couple of years ago and then all of a sudden you know now you know he's saying hey you know you know Chad or Marcus you know I got you know I got this maybe this position open you know we've had this great dialogue over the last couple of years you know, you know, let's let's talk about it. and then that's when it starts right there. Yep. Um, that's very, very crucial and very key. So you just got your first head coaching job at the collegiate level. You're 38 years old. I'm not going to put you on the spot and say what are are your plans, but what is the goals? How long do you plan on staying? What do you? What is the the goal for Marcus? 
the goal is to win the region. That's okay. the goal. Um, the goal is to win Region 15 and, and to put Ulster on the map, you know. And, you know, since I've gotten the job, I've done, you know, a great, fantastic job as far as, you know, getting things out there, you know, putting this program, you know, getting social media, you know, our Twitter page, um, for, you know, for those that, you know, obviously on Twitter, Instagram, please follow our, our, um, our social media page, um, SUNY uh, Men Basketball uh, Ulster. Um, and it's very, very, you know, important that, you know, we get this program in a spotlight where people are knowing who we are and what we're about. And, um, if we, um, you know, if we're able to do that and get kids interested in the program, interested in the school, um, you know, we're doing a great, we're doing a good thing. I, I totally agree. Coach, I know you're a busy dude. It's uh, Monday morning. I'm sure you're kicking off your week. Like I am just kind of getting the blood flowing a little bit. I appreciate your time. Um, I've. You, know, yeah, you're, man, you, you don't have anything this, this season, great. right? You know, I enjoy talking to you. This is fantastic. Yeah, I enjoy talking to you, too. It's great to just catch up. But now, you did say, if, and I'm not mistaken, you are not having a season this year. You're able to try to kind of build your own group and, and program culture this off season. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah, so fortunately, obviously not having our season, you know, it's obviously disappointing for you know our returning players, but um, you know, and I feel bad for them, but obviously they still have that option if they still want to come back and play next year. But obviously, it gives us a chance as a program to recruit and and kind of bring in guys that um, are old, that want to be here, guys that are looking for opportunity to prove themselves and you know and play with a chip on their shoulder. No, I think that's completely awesome, um, especially the fact that you get to build it your way, and you know, it's almost like you know, the ground up for you. Sometimes when you take over programs, you have to try to decipher which, who's going to work, who's not going to work, which one's selling me shit just to stay on the roster. And then once the roster hits, they kind of become who they really actually are, not the person that they perceived that they were when they were trying to just remain on the roster. So at least you get a, you almost get like an entire year to figure all that out as you go into your recruiting months. Um, Absolutely. I wish you nothing but the best. You know, I'm going to be in contact on a daily basis. Um, Stay safe, and uh, I look forward to talking to you here soon, Coach. Absolutely. You as well, my friend. Thanks, buddy. Always appreciate Marcus being on. He does a uh, great job in the recruiting world. We do talk a lot, like he said. I, uh, I know that he's going to do great up at Ulster. I'm looking forward to following that. With that being said, we are going to be back here in a little bit to discuss what's going to be happening in the day of sports, what games are going to be worth looking at, what games are not going to be worth looking at, the NCAA with the Ohio State-Alabama national titles this evening. So we will be back here shortly. Never in my wildest dreams podcast begins in... Three, two, one. Welcome back to Never in My Wildest Dreams podcast. Looking at a couple schedules here before we close up for the day. Alabama is now a nine-point favorite over Ohio State this evening. It was uh, started the day at eight, went to eight and a half, and is already at nine. I'm predicting that Alabama went by more than two touchdowns. Should be a good game, but Alabama is just way too good and way too strong and way too fast. The real question is going to be, does Justin Fields show up a little bit? And if he does show up, Does he become the number one draft pick for the Jacksonville Jaguars, where it looks like Urban Meyer, a former Ohio State head coach, is going to be taking over as the next head coach of that organization? Um, No real big games in college basketball this evening. Looks like everything is going to be funneled to the national championship game for college football. 
I hope it's a good one. We will be talking about that one first thing tomorrow morning. Until then, you guys have a great rest of your day.